Here we go again. Nice John Phil. Nice ad lib. What it do? There you go. What is up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Knee on Belly podcast. We are your hosts, Nate. Not John, it's Brandon. That's right. John's absent for the first time ever. First episode. Yep, by choice. By choice. This was by choice. Good point. Well, Brandon, man, we got a lot to talk about today. Uh, We're going to set up, excuse me, I was pushing a button. (laughs) We're going to recap last night's UFC fight night headlined by Armand Sarukian versus Matej Gamrat. Then we'll give you our picks and predictions for this Saturday's UFC 276, which features two title fights, Israel Adesanya versus Jared Cannonier for the middleweight title, and Alexander Volkanovsky versus Max Holloway. Tres for the men's featherweight. Then Brandon has one of his world-famous facts don't care about your feelings. That's right. And lastly, all the news and happenings in the world of MMA. But first, Brandon... Joining us right off the top, Mm -hmm. we have a very special guest. He is the head instructor of Gaha Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and MMA, and he's going to tell us about a new tournament that he announced this week, the Gaha Open. He is our very own Jacob Herla. What's up, Brada? What's up, fellas? I am hurting. (laughs) I am hurting. Me and Brandon, we took the team to the tournament yesterday. I know we probably had what Brandon twenty people, yeah, and uh, big crew. the whole time I was like, I'm gonna compete, you know, because it's hard. It's it's hard to coach when you have like twenty people going because with these things, anyone that's done or been to jiu-jitsu tournaments, everyone kind of happens all at once. There would be like four of our guys in the mat. Everyone's running around the whole like it's like a ten mat thing. Everyone's like running around trying to do whatever, and then Matt's like, Matt's like, you need to compete. He's like, these guys don't watch you. I was like. Brian even ruled in like two weeks. It's gonna be hurt, and and I, I go, all right, we got we got you, we got you against this guy. Like his name's Daniel. He's from Italy. He's a pro fighter, like black belt in judo, brown belt jiu-jitsu, what? just monster of a human. Also, Jack. Like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna put we're gonna put yeah, just huge. He's like, well, we're gonna put him with you. So I had two matches with him. I went three and two for the day. It just uh, lost by points to Daniele both times. It was. It was close. I thought Nogi. I thought I, uh, I had like a takedown, and they didn't give me the two points, and I was really discouraged. I don't know. My body's hurting. They told me he's like a really nice guy, but not nice when he <laughs> not, rolls. Not in competing. <laughs> uh, Kessler comes up and he's like, "Oh yeah, he'll come up and be like, he's like, oh coach, can I please roll? Oh, very easy." And then he just rips your tries to rip your head off. Mm. You know, I was getting cross face. You know, face shoved in the mat. You know, forearm on the chin. Oh, yeah. But, but you gotta you gotta respect that, you know. I mean, I ain't, got, ain't nothing wrong with someone just going hard. That's true. Well, we hard appreciate. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you uh, answering the call this morning. Let's talk about it. You announced this week the Gaha Open, um, and we just want you to fill the people in, give a little bit of detail on what this thing is and what your thoughts are uh, for the tournament. Man, I'm super excited. Uh, you know, any any time I can, you know, bring something nice to Kokomo or help like that you know i'm gonna do it uh i've been talking about running tournaments for a while now and just was like you know screw it we're just gonna pull the trigger and we're gonna make it happen so the first one is a team versus team what i when i did this i didn't want to be like limited to one specific tournament or style or rule set i want to be able to do whatever i want to do so like this one is going to be a team versus team featuring like 
single super fights, you know, before the, the team versus team match. And then, uh, the next one I want to do like paid brackets for white and blue belts. Then maybe like a team versus team. And then after we do a couple and like build the brand up real good, then we'll do like a big open sure. style tournament. Uh, the team versus team though, I'm really excited. So some jiu-jitsu tournaments, like for instance, Quintet UFC has done like a team versus team thing, right. but it's not like a true like wrestling style dual meet where there's, there's 12 people and, you know, it's 125 to heavyweight virtually every 10 pounds. And uh, you get points for scoring for your team. So if you win by point, it's uh, one point. And then if you win by uh, a major decision, it's like three points. If you tap the guy, it's five points. So, you know, sometimes it's not necessarily you got to go out there and win. Sometimes you just have to not get tapped by maybe sure. their best guys. So it, there, it's going to be some fun with the rule sets. I'm excited for it. So it's Gaha Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu versus <clears throat> Black Market, Black correct? Market. Yes. Yeah, they're great friends of mine. This is not like, a, oh, we're going to oh, show yeah, these sure. guys how good we are. It's uh, These guys have a huge team. They're willing to compete. We support their stuff. They always you know, support us. And uh, it's a... Uh, I don't know. It's gonna it's gonna be really good. We're doing that Taylor High School. Uh, we're doing like I said those preliminary super fights, and then uh, now I forgot what the what was I forgot where I was going with it just a minute ago. No, you're Brain good. Still <laughs> rattle from yesterday. No, you're good. Okay, so so, so a little bit talk about your plans. Um, I know you'd mentioned maybe some ideas in terms of like the streaming. What what was your thoughts on that? Yeah. So I mean, thankfully you guys are are somewhat more tech savvy than I am. So we wanted to have Neon Belly because uh, me and Nate have talked in the past about them doing like, you know, you guys doing like live UFC events and then maybe doing like costume combat, like post-interview fights and like going live through that. So this was like a really good uh, kind of lead way for you guys to commentate, set up a live stream, you know, interact with your viewers and just put something really nice together. Yeah, for sure. We're we're super excited about it, man. Um, the uh, August twenty eighth. Uh, it's a Sunday. Uh, Five dollar admission. You said you're doing kids free, correct? Do you have an age cutoff? Yeah, it, yeah. Any kids like you know, like twelve and under, get in free. I'm not doing it just for you know. I probably won't make a single dollar off sure. it. If anything, I'll probably lose money. It's mostly just about you know a proof of concept that we can run a good tournament in Kokomo. Yeah. And get people interested because Coco, if you guys don't know, Kokomo is very centrally located. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a far drive from Michigan, Ohio, right. Illinois, Indianapolis. We're real close to all those places mm-hmm. within an hour or two. Yeah. Well, we're hyped for it, man. We're excited for uh, the team versus team concept as well. Um, real quick, before we let you go, though, we do want to get some picks from you for UFC 276, if you don't mind. Cool. Put him on no, the spot. absolutely. Okay, let's start. Okay. Israel Adesanya versus Jared Cannonier. Your pick. Who you taking? Going Cannonier by decision. Oh, I thought about wow. it. I think I think he's just a. I think he's a dog. I think him coming down from heavyweight. He's just so big. Yeah. And I don't. I don't think he's one of those guys that kind of plays like the game necessary. I think he comes out to fight. That's a bold pick. I and, like it. <laughs> uh, Okay, how about the co-main event? Alexander Volkanovsky versus Max Holloway. Three. Three. The Trillo. 
I'll go bulk by decision. Uh, it hurts, but like it really, in my opinion, it really screws up the division yeah. if Max wins mm, because now point. they have to run it back. Again. I mean, how many times are we going to do a best yeah. out of seven yeah. with these guys? I, I personally would like to see Volk win, even though I like Max Hall. He's great. You know, how do you not? How are you not a Max Holloway fan? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but I'd like to see Volk win just to keep the division moving because there's some really fun fights at 45 that some up and comers that really deserve to be getting closer to that top. Kind of like what you guys said about the 55ers. Yeah. Like how many times we're going to watch Poirier and yeah. Chandler and KG? Like let's get some of these guys. I'm sure you guys will talk about that from the last last night's main event. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And then uh, I think you know your pick here, but Sean Strickland versus Alex Pajeda. Give me Strickland. I need it. I'm a big <laughs> Strickland fan. He's a, he's a freak, and I like it. Yeah, I knew that one. And then we'll go ahead. Not, and, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, yeah, he's not very politically correct. He's not <laughs> no. a great person, but he, but he, but he owns it, and that's what I respect. That you is got true. guys like John Jones, who's a fraud, who comes in and preaches <laughs> Bible verses, and then beats his beats his old lady and X, Y, and Z. Everything else he does, just own that you're not a good person. I, People I respect you more for it. I agree with that. I, I love that take. And then. We'll, we'll go ahead and ask you. It's the last fight on the main card. Give me Pedro. Uh, I knew it. Your boy, Pedro <laughs> yeah. Munoz. So, uh, so obviously, I think Pedro is going to do well with light kicks and pressure. He's going to keep. You got to keep Sean moving back. You can't can't let him work. I'm going to call something very specific. I'm going to go guillotine off the cage, like you used to hit when he fought in RFA. Okay, you've spent a lot of time. You to like be on people's back. Yeah. You've spent a lot of time training uh, with Pedro. You've, you've trained with him a couple times. Have you ever been caught and said guillotine? No, oh, it's horrible. It's not. It's not <laughs> a fun thing. My first time training with him, I was a, I was a, a white belt. Yeah. And he would grab my chin and like I'd be scrambling and moving, and he would just like stay on my neck the whole time. Ugh. He's a, uh, he's not very fun to go with. I'll be honest. Well, man, we appreciate you uh, taking some time this morning. Heal up. Get you some ice. Go get go get you some icy hot. <laughs> take take a bath and right. and uh, I'm excited to listen to Brandon's uh, hot take. Oh yeah, his, uh, <laughs> don't care tomorrow. Oh yeah, I can't wait. He's got this little this little grin on his face. I think he's got Always. something something in the chamber. We'll talk <laughs> to you. We'll, we'll see you this week at uh, class, man. Peace. All right, Later. love you guys. Peace. See there he is, the one and only Jacob Herlock. I'm pretty excited for this Gaha Open. Yeah, it should be fun, I think. And like yeah. you said, it's really just kind of set that precedence of what we can do. Yeah. And so it's like, obviously, this is going to hopefully kind of expand into a, a yes. lot of different stuff. So yeah. August 28th, Taylor High School. Um, we'll be posting about it, obviously, because we're going to set up a live stream. We'll have all the information for that as well. Um, yeah, really excited. Want to give him a minute to get on here. Man, before we get into last night and then set up 276, do you have anything? I'm you just, did just compete. Yeah. You, but I wanted to ask you, do you want to save that for your one for the people or get it out now? Because uh, I know you always struggle with your one for I'll, the people. I'll save it. That's okay. a good idea. Yeah, I'll, that's I'll save what, it. I was gonna I was gonna I had it in my notes that put a little question mark next to maybe yeah. you saving it. That's um, a good idea. So I figured it would help you out a little bit. <laughs> a little Thanks, bit man. There. Thanks. <laughs> I got you, dude. Uh yeah, Brandon was one of the people that competed yesterday and shout out to the whole Gaha team. I uh, heard it was a it was a pretty good um, took home a lot tournament. of hardware. Definitely. Yeah, I mean I was I was really hoping to go i mean obviously for you um but i I guess we didn't even say my household got hit with john brought the covid to this household as well so (laughs) 
I was in quarantine, uh, unfortunately, couldn't get it out. Um, but, Brandon, we got to get some rates. We got to get followers and subscribers. I'll do it this week. Hit us up at Neon Belly Podcast on Instagram, on TikTok. And also, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, scroll down, hit the five-star review, uh, write us a review, man. Those reviews, those written reviews, reviews, excuse me, you guys have no idea. They're good as gold for us. Helps us get our natural reach up. Also, Spotify. You can rate on Spotify as well. Um, up by our uh, uh, cover, there's like three little dots under there. If you just click on those, I think it'll lead you to the rating system. Um, as we always say, though, if you do not know how to rate or review when we're asking you to and you would like to, hit us up. We would love to walk you through it because, like, really, we need them bad. It's uh, it, it just, and I say that from a standpoint of we see growth every time we get a new one. So mm-hmm. thank you guys that have done it. Please continue to do it at Neon Belly Podcast. Brandon, let's get into last night. Let's do it. UFC main event, and let's just get it right out off the bat. Matej Gamrot <laughs> defeating Armand Sarukian by unanimous decision, 48-47 on all three judges' scorecards. We got to talk about this one. Yeah. There's, so there, there's two there's two sides to this, right? Because there's the one side where credit to both of these guys, phenomenal fight, and mm-hmm. I don't want to overshadow the decision by that. But man, I did not agree with that decision. No, at I didn't all. either. And I just feel like today, man. I just, what is it going to take to get a change in judging? Because it's just, I will say, all three judges consistent. They gave the first two rounds to Armand and the last three to Matej Gamrat. I just, but it's not consistent with the judging we've seen as of late where we've been told that they're judging, you know, damage over grappling more and, and all these different aspects. So your thoughts right off the bat before we get to the fight itself. So, yeah, so I'm on the same page as you in terms of I just don't, I did not agree with the decision that came out. Yeah. And as far as the question of what are we going to, what do we have to do to see a change? I, it's tough because we, we know what they're supposed to judge on, right? We right. understand there's the order in terms of like octagon control, aggression, all yeah. that stuff. But there's never an instance where we can ever talk to judge and just say, Hey, going back to that fight, what, what did you see? How did you do yes. this? What was your, like, yeah. how did you get to where you ended up scoring? And without that, I don't know how we can ever make any progress. So to me, I think that's the more and more this happens, the more I'm like, man, I would just love to be able to talk just to any of these judges. Yeah. Like how are we getting, and even that gets into maybe a little bit of like the live scoring, how that might even help. Yeah. But, um, that, I think that's just a very simple kind of solution i'm not for or against live scoring necessarily i i'd have to see it to i think you know i know there's some some promotions that have kind of experimented with it a Mm -hmm. little bit i'm not just up to it enough to know if i like it or don't like it the idea of it's intriguing i think ultimately you know that is a decision that i think each promotion to me should leave up to the fighters i think there should the fighters should be polled um whether anonymously or not and i think majority should just win on that you know what i mean because i think it it should be up to the fighters if they want open scoring i th- i think you know what i think we should do this might maybe this is a good idea so we have our post fight interviews right like fighters go out and they yeah. sit and talk about the fights staying right. does that i think the judges should have to do that i'd love it man just expl- like you said explain yourself yeah. how do you give matej gamrot round 4 mm-hmm. when he's dropped with a spinning back fist that was the biggest shot of the entire fight the closest either man in my opinion got to winning and how do you give him the fourth round when he was dropped man i 
I don't know. I, I just, <laughs> I, I don't under, like, I'm, I'm so, like, just, it's so frustrating, man, because yeah. there's just, there's, it's just, it's consistently inconsistent. Right. And I don't, um, going back, now, after he was dropped, he did finish the round in back mount um, and was threatening a choke, but Armand was never, like, he never really looked out of it or, like, he was, gonna, like, that was really ever close. Mm-hmm. But I, we've been told, like, effective grappling doesn't, well, there's a there's you know. a, the order that's in there in terms of how judges score fights is it's a specific order. Yeah. So strikes are above all yeah. grappling. <laughs> he got and like dropped. You said, and Sarukian landed all the bigger shots. Yeah. He he dropped them like you said. I mean, I just the body kicks were nuts. Yeah. I mean, that one in the third round slapped and yeah. Um. Yeah. So I I don't know. I it just in like you know you look at I, I'm okay with giving. Gamrot the third round. I I had it four one, so I gave him the third uh, the third round, and I gave Armand the fourth and the fifth. Um, I felt like in the fifth it was all Armand walking forward, landing shots, effective striking. Um, there was a bit of grappling right there at the end, but even that Armand Sarukian ended on top in that exchange. Yep. Um, and, and it just it is so frustrating. But nonetheless, we let's get to the fight because I also do not <laughs> want to take away from how good Matej Gamrot. It's not like. This guy is like gonna go on and he's gonna be way out of his depth. No. These are <laughs> this this just like Jacob just said, this is a callback to exactly what we were saying about Poye, Chandler, and um Gaethje fighting each other over and over and questioning how many times because you've got two guys like this that are just sitting lying in wait. I don't tell me if you think I'm overreaching here, but watching these two in the co main and watching those fights take place, I feel like we're we're in the middle of a serious step up in like the yes. level of ability with fighters and across the board of skill sets. Yes. And I think this fight, for example, is a perfect, you know, it's a perfect depiction of that. When you look at these two, number 11 and number 12, and then the people in front of them, even you compare what they can do. These guys deserve to be yeah. way higher up. And yeah. I, so anyway. To, well, no, you're right. And, and look at those grappling exchanges in the, from both guys. In the mm-hmm. first, I gave Armand Sarugi in the first two rounds. But let's be very clear. Those grappling exchanges and transitions on the ground, holy cow. Like mm-hmm. like you said in the, in our group uh, group text there, you said, you know, this is what high-level wrestling, grappling looks like in MMA. And you're spot on. We saw a little bit of it last, you know, once again, call back to another episode last week, seeing it with, you know, uh, Gumar Kutataladze and Demir Imagula. Yeah. You know, those are another two guys that are displaying, like you said, where it's like we're kind of in the middle of this revolution a little bit of this, not even just, I don't even think the division, but the sport itself. Yeah, that's where, yeah. I mean, these guys, I don't even know anymore. Like, it's almost like we're starting to blur the lines of a grappler, a striker, because it's like guys are just doing everything at such a high level that it's almost a disservice to call a guy like Saruki and a striker, a grappler, a game rot, game rot, uh, you know, it's just, it's crazy. So I like wrestling's kind of always been like at one point in MMA wrestling was kind of like the thing to do, right? Like sure. kind of look, I would say like the Matt Hughes GSP era, like the double leg, like if you had a good double leg, that was going to take you really far. Right. And over time, people have gotten a lot better at just kind of defending the basic double leg, basic yes. single leg. And then all of a sudden we had these boys from Dagestan come in yeah. and they showed us a little bit more of the chain wrestling. And then you have these two and it's chain wrestling on chain wrestling on scramble. Just and it just, it just keeps going up and up and up the ladder. Yes. And um, here we are. And then Gamrot goes on to call out Justin Gaethje in his post-fight UFC. This is your chance. <laughs> Let's do it. Forget the Poye idea. Yeah. Like, 
Let's see what happened. That's what I'm, that's what we're meaning. Let's see. Let's find out how good these guys really are. Um, and here you've got a young, fresh guy. Like I said, agree with it or not, neither of these guys deserve to drop. I don't care if Sarukian won. We'd be sitting here singing the praises of Gamrot today in the same same tone. Um, we can't. We got to go higher. You know, like it's just. I I think this would be a fun fun fight to make. If if they give somebody lower, like if they drop Sarukian back for this loss, that'll be a huge disservice yes. to him. Because I don't know how you can't. I didn't. I don't know if Dana did any post fight stuff, but I don't know how you didn't watch that fight in kind of come away thinking oh man these two are really the upper echelon yes. of, of 55 yes man. um i don't know how else you would see that so dude 100 100 you know you put him up there with like a islam what we've seen out of his climb and and performances and different things and you know i couldn't help but thinking picturing him being one of the other opponents in that fight last night and i don't know that it would have looked much different Mm-mm. to be honest with you and that's no knock on islam nope. you know it's just like you said the bar is getting raised and it's time for a change i think at the top of one of the if not the best divisions in the ufc yep uh moving on co-main event holy cow again <laughs> shavkat rachmanov defeats neil magny by submission guillotine choke Two seconds left in round two. Shavkat keeping his 100% career finish rate alive. Your thoughts on the fight in the future of the Nomad, Shavkat Rachmanov. So I, I said last week, to me, this is, again, kind of an, an example of old school and new school just because Magny's been around for a yeah. while. And um, I, that's what I saw, man. I thought, you know, uh, I almost said Gamron. Um, <laughs> Rachmanov, he did what he what he does, he pressured, he got him up against the fence, he was able to take Magny down um, pretty much at will, but when he was on top, yeah. man, he, there was no stopping him, and Magny's a good grappler, yes. he, he does pretty well with that bottom half coming up and wrestling up. I and would venture, real quick, I would venture to say, uh, Rachmanov doesn't train with many leg lockers, because <laughs> I thought a couple of times, like, he was being, a. I mean, unless I'm, maybe, maybe it's the opposite, maybe he trains with such high level that he just knew he was okay, but there was a couple of times where I'm like, man, if Magny just makes a little adjustment there this could get tight yeah i don't know because yes you're right he hooks are super finicky but i also think they're incredibly hard to finish with those gloves on and when you're slippery and, and especially because rachmanov was standing so maybe he yeah. felt like oh, i could just start punching him if it, but, but i don't know well, this being had a good point though he was like the thing about heel hooks sometimes is you feel okay and then your knee just separates if, if yeah. you know if it's tight enough i mean believe me we don't we don't play with those too no, much but no. i mean you know things can happen but uh yeah i thought magny definitely gave a good account for himself on his back yeah i mean he did what he could right i mean he he threw everything he had at him but it just it, it isn't it's not, enough it's not man enough. i mean and like yeah. you said he, he he was wanting the wolf right he kept calling out hamza and he didn't get him, but he got another version, yeah. and uh, we saw it. We, I mean, he it just Ugh. kind of what we expected. We all had picked him anyways to win. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it was impressive. And that, and you know, I know we always bring Hamzad into Rahmanov talk, but <laughs> but it's hard not to separate those two, right? Right. And so at the same time, it's also a little hard to get overly excited about a guy like Shavkat because I still feel like what we've seen so far, anyways, which I know it's even crazy to say this, probably would give um. Hamza a little edge there, um, mainly in size. But, you know, you look at, like, you know, I don't know. I hate doing MMA math, but, you know, Neil Magny, Li Jilingong, and then you see what, like, Hamza, how fast he just disposed of Li Jilingong. Yeah. Um, not that this was hard for Rachmanov by any means. I- 
But sometimes though, but I wonder too how much because like you said, MMA math. Maybe Gilbert is just just a bad matchup because I, of the jiu-jitsu. I don't know. I don't know either. I just worry about for everybody in the 170 pound division size because Hamza is huge. Dude. Yeah. I mean, I just still think I think it was a picture of him next to Glover that I have talked about it before on the podcast, and it just was like. Clover looks smaller. He's a two hundred five er. Yeah, <laughs> like holy cow! Uh, but uh, Shavkat did call out Steve, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson in the cage. Then in his post fight, also added Nick Diaz and Jorge Masvidal to that. Um, I'll be honest; I think all three of those are bad matchups for those guys. In, in talking about a Shavkat, mm-hmm. um, especially Wonderboy, man, we've really seen him struggle with the takedown stuff lately, yep. and I just don't see anything. Um, that he could possibly do to really stop that from Shavkat. Uh, but your thoughts on any three of those? Yeah, I didn't like any of them either. <laughs> I, th- yeah. I thought they were really favored him. Yes. Um, I thought maybe like a Luke I thought would be, a, be good, a, good a little one. step up. Be a big step, but I mean, just like we said with the 55, I mean, maybe. I mean, he's ready it, for it. He, yeah, I mean, because he's... He did just beat the number 10 guy in the world very easily. And he's still undefeated with 100% finish it's rate. crazy. So he's not... What do you do? He, yeah, I mean, because he's not decisioning with anybody. He's not, get, you know, grinding out with but he's doing what he wants to people right. when he's doing it quick. So. No, I agree 100%. It's going to be very interesting, and then, you know, we'll get to some Nate Diaz stuff, but he wants somebody very soon. So, hey. Yeah, does, he want, does he want that feed one? Him the, hey, he said anybody. <laughs> feed him the beast. Uh, next fight, Josh Parisian defeats Alain Badeau by TKO in round two. Parisian surviving, being dropped, and almost finished. That was about as close as you can get in round one to come back and beat Alain Badeau. Your thoughts, if any, on Josh Parisian's performance? Um, The jiu-jitsu, I mean, I like when heavyweights can move. Like, yeah. we've talked about that, right? When we get heavyweights, they're, they're getting to be a little more athletic, right? You see the mm-hmm. Aspinalls, the Guns. And so when I see heavyweights that can get taken down, but they get up to their their hip, they wrestle up and yeah. they move, I feel a little more confident about where they're going to go in the division because heavyweights are pretty, you know, it's not got a ton of talent in yeah. there. We're trying to build it up. So when we see guys who have that potential to, again, you know, move and show more beyond just like some power and sure. lay and pray, it makes me feel better. And I feel like he did that. He demonstrated the ability to fight back when he was hurt. Um, he did well on the ground. He transitioned and I mean, he faced the adversity, so it was a good showing. Yeah, there was, like, right before the finish, there was, like, a a takedown attempt from one of the guys. I don't remember, but they kind of got stuck in this, like, 50-50 position. Yeah, yeah, the last one. And, you know, Parisian just beat uh, Bado to it, and... um, you just kind of knew from there, whoever won that 50-50 was probably going to win <laughs> yeah. the fight because both of those guys were gassed. So I don't want to say it completely came down to, you know, uh, cardio there for Parisian. But, hey, man, if he came in the better shape. And- I think Bado, he, I, to me, and maybe it's just me being nitpicky, it seemed like he was a little less um, happy on the ground. Yeah. And so I think that played into it a little bit too because yeah. um, he was on top at one point, but uh, I struggle to say the guy's name, not Bado. Josh Parisian. Josh, I'll just say Josh. Um, Josh, I think it was again a little more active when he was on the ground on yeah. bottom. So I think that I think that that plays a big factor with these guys. For, yeah, for sure. Uh, next fight, Tiago Moisés defeats Christos Yagos by submission, rear naked choke in round one. I guarantee. Uh, Chiago Moisai squeezes every bit of toothpaste out of the tube. Like nothing, <laughs> nothing is left in those bad boys. What a squeeze that guy has. Um, did use his non-choking hand a little bit to cover the elbow of the choking hand, but that was essentially a one-armed rear naked choke. Mm-hmm. Not, I mean, you know, you're, you're not getting too much from grabbing the opposite elbow there. Um, what a squeeze, man. That just looked terrible. Yeah, that's incredibly impressive. Um, I can only imagine 
guillotines, fully rocked in rear naked chokes, yeah. any of that. It's going to be brutal. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I just imagine like his wife and kids, if he has any, like, Dad, the toothpaste is almost out. He's just like, watch this. Yeah. Get off. <laughs> just like fills the whole toothbrush real quick. Um, yeah, great finish by him. Kyagos is legit, man. That that's You know, John kind of mentioned it last night in our group chat, and he is spot on. Um, Moisés is a little bit underrated, man, in that division, that 55-pound division. You mm-hmm. look at who he's fought, and he does have quite a few losses, but he's losing to the top of the division, you know. And then a guy like Yagos is no walk in the park either. So right. it's a good win for Moisés, and I think he just keeps getting better as, as well. Yeah. Um, the next one, uh, this one hurts a little bit, but Nate Manus, uh, or excuse me, Umar Nurmagomedov defeating Nate Manus by unanimous decision. Um just complete dominant dominance by Umar. I mean, it really has to be said. Um, I do think Nate defensively looked good off of his back. Just struggled to find a way up. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I think they said between rounds we didn't get a camera or a shot between rounds, but I think Bizpink said that uh, between the first and second he. Nate told his corner, like, yeah, he's tough. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's, this is gonna be a little tough. Yeah, yeah, this is gonna be a little tough. <laughs> um, but. I mean, like I said, I mean, just what what else could you expect from a, from Umar? I do want to point out that that question mark style front kick that he did, that's what you take away from this fight. Mm-hmm. It was dominant. You know, you, you do take that. Maybe you could question, should have found a way to finish there. But I also give a lot of credit to Nate there because, like I said, I think, at least from what my mind understands of jiu-jitsu, maybe not necessarily in MMA, but he was doing a lot of good things in there to prevent and make it difficult for Umar. Uh, but, man. You see a question mark that I don't even know what it was. I mean, like I said, it was like a question mark kick, but it was like a front, yeah, front kick. It was just kind of like a, I don't know, like maybe even like a switch kick. There was just no telegraphing. No. Like it just immediately, no. was like right to the face. That's freaky. That, mm-hmm. That's a Nurmagomedov. Quick. Yes. <laughs> That's, yeah, that's a you know that's not like a kickboxer. That's a Nurmagomedov throwing that. Thing, yeah, man. so and between him and Saeed, like we said, they're it's just the another yeah. rung up the ladder, yeah. not just wrestling. Even within their own like environment yeah. there of the daggies right mm-hmm. like they're even now pushing it to where like they're becoming you know you even look at usman in bellator or whatever and it's like they're just pushing that bar now yep. where they're all becoming really really good strikers mm-hmm. as well um next fight last fight we're going to talk about from the main card chris curtis defeats Hadolfo vieira by unanimous decision 29 28 chris curtis defending 100 percent of vieira's takedowns 20 in total um, really invested in the body earlier on Hidalfo, and it seemed to pay off later in the fight as Vieira, I think, noticeably slowed down, and that's kind of what made the difference. Yeah. The way he landed that body shot, too, was making me very nervous because it was just, it was like this Stepping leaping yeah. forward uppercut. And I just felt like, man, if if he threw a check left hook, Curtis might get, Cause he get wasn't, caught. Because he wasn't. Because there was nothing there. Yeah. But um, just had no answer to it. He kept landing. And yeah. um, the takedowns, I will say, um, excuse me, that he was, that he was attempting. I feel like he was trying to go to half guard a lot too, and that may have played a role in terms of how sure. many Curtis was able to defend. It's a good point. But nonetheless, I mean, he did a great job of keeping him off of him and defending. So, you know, good showing for him. Yeah, and it really, I mean, other than you know, kind of gassing there, good showing for Hadolfo. I mean, like I think Curtis even said in his post fight that his striking much improved. Um, so, still interested to see what's left in the tank for Vieta, who um, is a multi-time jiu-jitsu world champion right. as well. And, and you know, if he's starting to throw some striking behind it as well, I mean, he could. But we've also seen, like, with the Fluffy Hernandez fight with Hidalfo, where he, he does tend to gas a little bit. Yeah. And that, that's why he lost by submission in that fight, you know. Mm-hmm. So, got to figure that out. But he is.
is still improving. So uh, that's it. Um, great, great night of fights again. Uh, man, we've just been really spoiled with these fight nights. We keep saying it. Um, Got a couple good ones coming up, too. We still have some really good ones coming up. Before, Brandon, we move to UFC 276. Can you hit us with our scores? Yes. So... I updated them from the week previously to our missed. So um, you did the week previously and this yep, week. So this is going to include the Emmett uh, Cater fight yes. and then also la- last night. For sure. So currently still in last place is John with yep. 34. Still picking with his heart. Yep. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> second place is you. You have 43. And then I'm in first place with 44. So oh, we, are, we are neck oh, and neck. Oh, man. Yeah. Heading it's, into a, a UFC 276, which is stacked. Mm, Boy. This is going to be interesting. Might see some changes after this next one. It's going to be interesting. This yeah. is going to be interesting. But the 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 poor keep getting poorer though. Poor John. Yeah, and I don't I, know what to say about that. And man. I got a feeling with the person that we have picking for him this week, it's it's not going to get much better for him. <laughs> Stick around. Yeah, a couple, couple more minutes, you'll find out. <laughs> well, that's why you got to show up. Man. That's why you got to show up. And then and then hold on. Let, let's put, let's put John on blast. Let's peel back the curtain a little okay. bit. Text us this morning. Hey guys, I know you said that you had a picker, but um, I could just go ahead and send you my picks if you want. No, <laughs> where was my text? Yeah, when I wasn't here. First off, then number two. All right, well, all I ask is, could you at least give me Izzy because I got to keep the flag going? I haven't even seen that. Hang on. Yeah, no. <laughs> I want you to read my response real quick. Okay. I, this is a messenger. Yeah, yeah. This okay, was in okay, our. Okay. This was in our group chat. This guy, man. Try, I mean, here, here's the thing. He's down bad, right? I, I do get it. But come on. <laughs> Cannot help you there. Your picks are out of our hands. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> is that what you want me to read? No, the next part. Okay, I can tell you and promise this person has not been coerced, coerced in anything. Whoever they pick is their own thoughts and ideas. Yep, that's it. That's, <laughs> it. that's, that's the disclaimer right there. When we get to these picks, oh. I, that's why I wanted you to read the disclaimer. So I'm so excited. Yep, that's it. Well, Brandon, let's get into it because this Saturday, July 2nd, live from T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada, UFC 276. And you didn't think just because John isn't here, I wasn't going to hit you with a little fun fact about Las Vegas, did you? Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. Because, well, let me ask you a question first. Mm. Do you know what gray water is? You ever heard of this? Uh, I've heard of gray matter. uh, Gray water, I think I've heard of. Yeah, so you probably have. So gray water... Uh, is basically it's relatively clean wastewater from baths, sinks, washing machines, and other kitchen appliances. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Brandon, that's important to know because the fountains in front of the Bellagio Hotel use gray water. The water has been recycled from showers, tubs, and sinks throughout the city of Las Vegas and is slightly contaminated. So stand back the next time you're checking it out. Don't let your kids go and play with it. And and then when you see it in like movies and TV shows and stuff, just remember that it's really nothing more than an oversized bathtub and water. That's, yeah, it's pretty gross. It's pretty disgusting. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I've never heard the analogy before, but I was with a client and they were telling me the other day they don't like, they don't swim in pools because they're just like large bathtubs. I've never heard that analogy and I started thinking like, Man, that's kind of true. It is kind of true. <laughs> Especially it's with pr- kids. It's pretty and- gross, man. I mean, I like a good pool, but yeah, when you start yeah. thinking about it, you can go down the wormhole. <laughs> Brandon, uh, real, real quick too. So since we have our picker coming on in a minute, we will go ahead and preview the fights and then we will pick after. Kind of old school how we used to Okay, do so it. no picks during nope, the no previews? No picks during. Yeah, okay. I mean, you can preview your pick, but just officially locking it in. Yep. Okay, Brandon, our main event for the men's middleweight title champion, Israel Adesanya versus number two ranked 
Jared Cannoneer, Brandon, the six-time champ and last stylebender, Israel Adesanya is stepping into his seventh UFC middleweight title fight. His last win was his rematch victory over Robert Whitaker just five months ago. Um, that night, Izzy got the unanimous decision victory, but I do remember feeling like that was a fairly close win. I feel like we kind of talked about that a little bit on here. Yeah. It was close. Um, but his opponent this Saturday night, Jared Cannonier, stepping into his first ever UFC title fight, the Killer Gorilla, earned this shot back with back-to-back victories over Kevin Gastelum and most recently a second-round knockout of Derek Brunson the same night Izzy beat Whitaker back in February. Um, I think after that night, we all know, knew this matchup was inevitable, and here it is. It all goes down this Saturday night. Brandon, your thoughts? Oh, man, I like the matchup because sure. it's fresh, okay? I like that yeah. it's not a rematch. It's not somebody that Adesanya's fought. And I do I still kind of agree with what Jacob said. I do think Cannoneer's always game. He's going to come in and do what, yes. he, do what he can and uh, try to make it a fight. But I just don't know what Cannoneer has to offer Izzy. Um, Cannoneer, when he fought Brunson, Brunson dropped him. Yeah. I, that was looking a little rough for Cannoneer in the yeah. early stages of that. And if you're getting dropped by Brunson, Izzy will light you up. The only thing I would question about that is there's anything to be said about the fact with Brunson's wrestling, though, to where it could have opened that up a little bit more for Brunson to land big on Cannoneer as to where Cannoneer probably not going to worry too much about Izzy shooting. I don't know. I don't you know. know. I'm just, just a thought. I just, think I think if that's the case, then I think what Izzy has in terms of reach and height and striking ability makes up for all that. That's a good Does point. that make sense? Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, for sure. I mean, everybody has, like, different, you know, attributes yeah. that make them who they are, for sure. I just, ever since I've thought about the idea of Cannoneer Izzy, I've just really struggled with, what does Cannoneer offer? Like, yeah. Well, what is it that he has that's going to really give Izzy troubles? And I don't know what that power, is. Power. Power, sure. Leg kicks are really hard. Like, yeah. he does throw some nasty leg kicks. Um, But, like, I think, and Jacob said, too, he doesn't play games like the other person's game a lot when he fights. Cannoneer yeah. doesn't. He's going to have to stay away from that because typically everybody does fall into that little lull of Izzy and kind of start playing his game. Sure. If Cannonier can avoid that and really pressure, throw his leg kicks and just let his hands go, I think he can make something happen. I think that's how you beat yeah. Izzy. But. There's also something to be said for Izzy has really been begging Cannonier to get to this spot, right? Yeah. I mean, a couple years ago, who'd he lose to? Uh, well, Cannonier. Yeah. Uh, before Brunson, he lost. Or before Gastelum, he lost. And that was kind Whitaker. of... Maybe, yes, the Whitaker fight, yes. And that was being billed almost as like a number one contender fight. And Izzy, you know, was open and before that fight, messaging Cannoneer like, hey, I'm really rooting for you, please. I want <laughs> I want this fight. Like, he he weirdly wants Cannoneer for a reason. I think it's just because it's fresh, man. I, I and think, that could be. I think just because, yeah, he's kind of recycled. He's been through a lot of rematches. And for sure. He wants somebody different. I think Cannoneer, it's a good optic. You yeah. know, somebody, do, somebody new, so... Brandon, set us up for our co-main event, Max Holloway versus champ Alexander Volkanovsky, the right. trilogy. So this is the number three, uh, third time these guys have fought. They last fought back in December of 19 when Alex Volkanovsky sort of shocked the world a little bit and um, lit up Max Holloway's legs. That was yes. kind of the story of the fight. He landed a ton of leg kicks um, all throughout the fight and really kind of stole the show in terms of just outpointing Max is sure. really the story of the fight. Um then they had a rematch, okay? And this is where things got interesting yeah. because Max made a lot of adjustments. This would have been 2020, um, or I believe 2021. Hang on. And, uh, I think the, you're right, yeah. The, the adjustments were really the story here because in the first fight, you'll notice Max Holloway threw 9% of his strikes to the body. Mm. 
didn't didn't have a lot of work there. Now in the second fight with Volk, that increased to twenty nine percent. So it, so Max was throwing a lot of strikes to the body, and he was throwing a lot of kicks in general. His kicks went up thirty five percent between the first and second fight, and this became much more competitive. Yeah. So the first two fights, a lot of people gave to. Or I'm sorry, first two rounds, everybody kind of gave to Max. Dropped Volk right. in the second. Um, but rounds three, four, and five is when it started to shift a little bit. Yes. People questioned whether or not Max was getting a little lazy. <clears throat> Regardless of what you think, Volk ended up outstriking Max in the last three rounds of their second fight. Yeah. Um, so this one here, boys and girls, the third fight between these two is going to be another battle of adjustments. So yes. the question is, what kind of adjustments is Volk going to make to what Max came in with their last fight in terms of the kicks and the body shots? And is Max going to be able to continue to pressure and land the way he did in the second? Because the second was very, very close. It was a yes. split decision win for Max. Um, it was 50-50 on a lot of media outlets in terms of who won. Yes. So the first one, not so much. Again, Volk came away pretty clearly the winner, um, outstruck him in all five rounds. So this third one... It's a close one, man. I mean, it's it's anybody's yeah. guess who's going to win. Um, but the question is, who's going to make the better adjustments, and and how are they going to implement that game plan? Yeah, you you set that up perfectly. I mean, I don't have anything to add to that because I think that's me. My thoughts going into it is exactly that. These guys are so evenly matched um, from a, a competitive standpoint. And we saw it get even more competitive in the second. Hard not to think in this third one, it won't be even more competitive. Mm -hmm. um, the only thing that I'm going to add. Max Holloway, Alexander Volkanovsky, three, more important than a title on the line. Will this be remembered this Saturday as the winner, um, not just walking away with a title, but also walking away with the title of the featherweight goat? Man, I think if... Uh, I, I feel think, like this ends it. Because there's still a population that thinks Max is better than Volkanovsky. I, and hold, 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 real quick, let me throw in... Um, uh, out of respect as well, Jose Aldo. A lot of people still look at him as the featherweight king as well. Um, I don't see, and this might be, I think you've, you've mentioned this about me. I don't I don't see Aldo, and because of just how the latter half of his career has been a little up and down, sure. I think that matters. And I think um, it's looking at that too, between Max and Volk, Volk only has one loss, mm -hmm. and it was like his third pro fight. Yeah. And Max. I think it was like heavyweight too, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a different weight class. <laughs> yeah. But he's wins a lot. I don't. He doesn't have any losses beyond that. Max has got a couple losses, two to Volk. Yeah. And um, you know, he lost the interim title to Dustin. That was a fifty-five. But he's got losses before that too. Um, at forty-five again, Dustin. So I feel like Volk has a stronger claim to goat status. Walking away with the win, I think if Max walks away with the win, to me, there's still that kind of like, well, Volk beat you twice. Sure. And, you give him a rematch? Like, how does that work? So yeah. I, I think I can see it more with Volk. I don't see it as much with Max. But I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, I, it's, it's tough. Right? I mean, it's you're talking margins. The only thing I would kind of go back at you a little bit with Aldo, though, is when you look at his run ten, as a champion. Ten years, right? Yeah. I mean, it was just unreal, man. And and it, so it's I think maybe um, it's a little hard, harsh to just push him out of this conversation still. But... These two, I mean, let's get, I get it twisted. Like these two are are the pinnacle of 
the featherweights of all time. So one more thing too, if you, if you have Aldo up there, you really think he has a, a say. You got to keep in mind too, Max has beat Aldo twice, and Volk has beat Aldo. Sure. So they've they've both beaten Aldo. They're they're three and zero against him. Right. Yeah. No. And then that and that's a, and that should be considered for sure. I think mm-hmm. so. Just throwing that out there, man. I think there's a little bit more you. on the line than yeah. just a title this week. I, I just I think the winner of this because, like I said, there are still so many people. I hear people that are still saying they think Max is better than Volk. Fair enough, that's their opinion. I don't know that I see it, but um, it just based off of the, the performances that we have seen from Volk. But. I think that we're more than likely, I think we're if there was ever a chance for somebody to finish, I think it's this fight, and I think it's Volk. I yeah. think what he did to uh, Zombie, man, I don't. it's hard to say how much of that is just Volk is just improving, how much of that sure. is Zombie just wasn't you know that caliber. It was a short notice. Um, I don't know, but I think if Volk lets go on his punches, really sits down on them and implements his wrestling, I wouldn't be surprised to see something close to a finish or at least a yeah. dominant performance from him. Our next fight, number four ranked Sean Strickland taking on unranked contender Alex Pajeda. Brandon, Sean Strickland coming into this fight on a six fight win streak. His last win was over Jack Hermanson, a split decision victory back in February. His opponent this Saturday um, is a pretty interesting anomaly, I would say, though, and that's because Alex Pajeda, as an unranked fighter and in only his third UFC fight, um, or in only his USC fight is fighting the number four ranked fighter, I think for a very specific reason. Mm-hmm. And that is because Pajeda is the last man to knock out the current champ, Israel Adesanya. Uh, he, he actually beat Izzy twice, but it is worth mentioning both wins were in kickboxing matches. And this is MMA. Um, and when it comes to MMA, Pajeda is only 5-1 and one in his career, so experience is not on his side in this sport necessarily, though it is in combat sports. Um, he is currently on a 5-fight win streak in his career, having only lost his MMA debut. He's 2-0 in the UFC, with his last win being a unanimous decision victory over Bruno Silva back in March. But make no mistake about it, um, he is being fast-tracked to a title shot, as I do believe... Just like we saw on Izzy's last card with Cannoneer versus Brunson, that this will be a number one contender match. Um, it seems like Izzy maybe likes to set him up like that. You know, put my contenders on my undercard. Mm-hmm. Um, my biggest question is, will this matchup be way too much for Pajeda against a veteran like Strickland, who, oh, by the way, has looked pretty good as of late? Could be. Um, yeah. I, I think if Strickland comes in with his previous game plans, which is that nasty jab, yeah. I don't think that's going to get it done. I think Strickland's going to really have to dig deep into the MMA side and use a little bit of his wrestling, some yeah. clinch work, and make it a little dirty. Um, he's a vet in there, and like you said, Pear's a little unexperienced. He's going to have to rely on a lot of that. Yeah. I think if he plays that game with Pear, he's probably going to lose yeah. um, in terms of the you know distance back and forth striking. For sure. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, so that's, I, w- I do think, did you ask me a question? Uh, <laughs> just if you thought it was too much too soon, okay. the matchup, maybe um, for a guy like Pajeda. Not necessarily. I think Strickland's a good matchup for him because yeah. he's not really a big wrestler. Sure. Um, he's not heavy on the grappling. He could be, could use it, but he's not, it's not where he's known. Um, so I think this is a good, it's a good chance for him to show what he's got. I don't think this is too much. I can't help but think Strickland will have no desire to take Pajeda down. You know, and I just don't see with his, his style, Strickland's meaning how he wins a striking matchup against Pajeda. Yeah. I just, it just, I, he's going to have to go to his bag. Like you said, he's going to have to shock us with something, I think, because I don't think standing in, for, standing in front of Pajeda and walking him down and jabbing him, as we've primarily seen, is going to work against a striker like Pajeda. No. Uh, you, you can't beat him at his game. You know, I think you've got to, you've got to implement mixed martial arts into this fight for sure. Um, 
Also on this card, before we get to our picks, are you ready? I am ready. <laughs> First off, Lauren uh, Murphy, m- worth mentioning, versus Misha, Misha Tate has been canceled again. Uh, they were supposed to fight back in May. The fight was canceled um uh, apparently, uh, well, back in May, it was unknown reasons. And then Ariel Hawani reported last night, this time, that it has to do with Lauren Murphy. Um, doesn't sound like they're going to get Misha Tate. He said an opponent in time, so assuming that fight's probably going to get moved again. Um, but kicking off our main card, on pay-per-view, Pedro Munoz versus Sean O'Malley. Quick prediction. Who you got? For those two? Yeah. Oh, uh, jeez, Munoz. I want to see Munoz. Um, but then even moving into the prelims, which, by the way, will uh, be free on ABC and ESPN, Brad Riddell versus Jalen Turner, Robbie Lawler versus Brian Barberina, the new Conor McGregor, Ian Gary versus uh, versus Gabe Green, uh, Jim Miller facing Cowboy Cerrone, Bobby Green dropped dropped out of this fight. Cowboy stepping in. Um, even on the er- the early prelims are stacked. Uri Hall versus Andre Muniz, Jessica Eyes versus May I Eyes, Jessica I versus Macy Barber, and Brad Tavar- Tavares versus Drika. Man, I'm like all over the place right now. Versus Drikas, do play cease. Uh, basically, what we're saying is this card is stacked. Yeah, I mean that Tavares do play cease is like a top fifteen matchup. You know what I mean? And that's the the very bottom in of the, the middle of the prelims. Yeah, it's like yeah. one of the very first fights. So mm-hmm. this fight is stacked. Let's get into our picks. Um, we have a very special picker joining us today, and it is my well. First off, he is the number one goalkeeper keeper for the Blue Storm. He is my eight year old nephew, nephew Braden. Where is my speech going? I don't know, man. You're I've got like it. I've got like the yips. Having a stroke? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yo, yo. Dude, if I start stroking out. <laughs> what are you doing? Nothing. You want to help me with something? Yeah, I already know it's the podcast. Say what? I already know it's the podcast. <laughs> are you ready for this? You gotta talk louder. I can't hear you. Yeah, I guess. Okay, make sure you talk. Okay, first question, okay? Uh, what do you know about fighting? <laughs> so you have to punch, you have to kick, and you have to slam people on the um, crowd. Okay, fair enough. Okay, so I'm gonna show you a fighter, and I want you to tell me two fighters, and you tell me who you think is gonna win, okay? Do you think this guy, his name's Israel Adesanya, or this guy, his name's Jared Cannonier? Who do you think is going to win? Jared Cannonier. Jared Cannonier? Him? Yeah. Why do you think he's going to win? Yeah. I feel like he has the body and the muscles. The, nice. You know, Yep. Do you think he's going to win in the first, second, third, fourth, or fifth round? I think third. The third round? Knockout or submission? Submission. All right. <laughs> now, do you think this guy, Alexander Volkanovsky, is going to win? Or this guy, Max Holloway? Um, Probably the first one. Him? Alexander Volkanovsky? Yeah. Why do you think he's going to win? It looks like he can throw up a big punch. Yep. That's... Good enough. All right, last one. You ready? Sean Strickland or Alex Pajeda? Alex Pajeda. Why do you think him? Because he's super. He's smaller. He can probably move around. Um, what move around more? So, like, like Floyd Mayweather. So you think he's gonna be fast like Floyd Mayweather? 
Yeah. Hey, you did boxing for a while, didn't you? Yeah, I did it for like a year. Do you miss it? It's good. Do you miss me? I saw you like at <laughs> Uncle North Garden. Who's who's your favorite uncle? Me or Uncle Nolan? Uncle Nolan. Oh, whatever. <laughs> Get out of here. Bye, turd. <laughs> Let me just say. Possibly better picks than John, like his logic. We're gonna find out. Maybe knows a little bit more as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely has better better evidence as to why. Better rundowns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You can tell he really thought about it. Yeah, <laughs> just beyond, beyond just the feelings, I, right? Yeah, I did. Uh, I did realize that I didn't ask him for round and method uh, for the co-main in the third. So we're gonna help John out a little bit there. Okay. So let's let's be fair because John's <laughs> not going to be happy about his main event pick. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, uh, so let's give John Alexander Volkanovsky by unanimous decision. That's probably the safest bet. That's probably bet. the safest bet. I yeah. think that's fair. That could help him a little bit. Um, and then let's give him um, let's give him Pajeda. What do you think? Uh, third round TKO. How you about think that? think so? Yeah. Strickland's tough. He is tough. You think decision? I'll let you pick. I picked the vote. I I would say decision. I think decision is okay. the safest one there. I don't think I don't. He could knock out Strickland, but Strickland's really tough. He is tough. Okay, so let's get into our picks uh, for the main event. Give me Israel Adesanya. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I just think it's still <laughs> too much, man. And and I think I don't know. There's just to me, there's something about the fact that he really wanted this fight. And I think when you get to the point where Izzy's at, having that motivation that you need to get through a camp and put together a camp for a guy, I think he's he's got it. Um, I, I, you know, obviously Cannonier at any point could put his lights out, but we've seen him deal with guys with power, right? With, you know, Romero and different things like that. So uh, give me Izzy. I'm going to say, um, you know, I'll be honest, Cannonier is tough to finish, uh, but. I'll say fourth round TKO, but wouldn't be surprised by a de- decision there either. So you've got Izzy by fourth round TKO? Yes. John's got Cannonier by third round sub. sub. <laughs> so I'm taking, uh, oh man, I'll take Izzy as well. Yeah, I think I don't think Cannonier is just going to have much for Izzy yeah. any, anywhere really, unless he just kind of cracks him and gets a good shot. Like sure. Gaslam had some moments. I think if he can make it a dog fight like that, he has a chance. But yeah. other than that, man, I think Izzy's going to pick him apart. I'll take... Um, I'll take second round TKO. Fair enough. He's got a quote quite a few second round TKOs. Yeah. So it's a good point. Co-main event: Alexander Volkanovsky versus Max Holloway. John has already taken Volk by we decided unanimous decision off the board. Are you ready? Oh boy, because Nate's going Max Holloway. Yeah, that's kind of the second safest. I'm gonna I, guess decision. I, I just, I just have this feeling. There's no way he loses three times. I don't know why. I just have this feeling that. He's going to make the corrections. He's been in the, I don't know, man. I just I just don't see it from a fighter like Max. Um, and I think if the shoe was on the other foot, I don't think I would see a fighter as good as Volk. There's a chance Volk just has his number, mm-hmm. and I'm prepared for that. But I'm going to go Max Holloway. I do like what Jacob brought out about, about it tying up the division because it will cause a mess yeah, <laughs> um, if, if this happens. Um, but give me Max. <sighs> Boy, Volk, how do you finish Volkanovski? I you know not a guillotine or a triangle. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so give me Max. I will say unanimous decision. Yeah. Because I just I, I don't know how you finish either of these guys. If you had told me that Tony Ferguson was going to go on a four strike four fight losing skid, I would have probably laughed. And yeah. Like you're silly. Sure. Um, but there he is. So when somebody says, "Can Max Holloway lose three times to the current champ?" Yeah, he could. I think he can. Yeah. Um, I think Volk does have his number. I think Max has a tendency to get a little 
a little, I don't want to say lazy, but confident in the last two or three rounds, and that tends to take away from it because I think Volk's just one of those guys. Mm. He will turn it up. He's just got the yeah. cardio. He continues to push. So I will take Volkanovski, and I can't take decision, so I will do, oh, man. It doesn't matter if I pick fifth round, right? I mean, I still wouldn't win if it was a decision. So I guess fourth round TKO. There you go. Yeah. Last pick. Number four, Sean Strickland versus Alex Pajeda. I am going Alex Pajeda. Strictly based off of um, styles here, like like we kind of talked about earlier. Just don't see where Strickland's going to be able to win a stand-up battle. If he pulls it out, you know, something different out of his bag, awesome. I definitely could see him grinding out some wrestling mm-hmm. and, and staying on top. Pajeda, you know, he's had a couple fights now where he's had to get off his back and he's done an okay job of it, but you can't stand him. I mean, this guy has freaky power too. And I'll be honest, I think he can finish him and I'm going to give Alex Pajeda second round TKO. Okay. So what did we give John? Decision. Alex Pajeda by decision. Yeah. Um, I'll take Pajeda. I I think he's going to win as well. Um, I would have taken a decision, but I guess I'll go with third round TKO. Third round TKO. There it is. Brandon, we're at an hour. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm totally okay with going an hour and a half if you want to get your facts. Don't care. Or you can save it. I'll, I'll do it. We'll see. How, I don't think it will necessarily take Okay. I, if you disagree with me, I'd be surprised. Okay. I just don't want to push you on time. We'll be all right. Okay. Let's get into it then, Brandon. Facts don't care about your feelings with the Neon Belly Podcast. Oh, yeah. With your host, Brandon. That's my point. I know MMA. What I'm saying is it's overhyped. It's overrated. He doesn't give a damn about your feelings. You're reacting on feelings. I'm reacting on facts. Anderson Silva is one of the most overrated fighters of all time. Brandon's world famous facts don't care about your feelings with the Neon Belly Podcast. I'm going to take some words from Ben Shapiro here. Facts don't care about your feelings. It's never getting old. (laughs) Okay, you ready? Yep. Okay. So, we need to get Conor McGregor out of the (laughs) UFC lightweight rankings completely. There is zero reason for him to be in there for a multitude of factors. So, first of all, he has one win in that division against Eddie Alvarez. The rest are losses. He has a loss to Habib Nurmagomedov, and he has two losses to Dustin Poirier. So, he's one and two in the division. Correct. He also is pretty inactive as a fighter. He typically fights about once every year, every two years. He had the two stints with Poirier that both took place in 2021. Beyond that, that's pretty much an anomaly. Furthermore, looking at the two the two fighters that fought last night, right, Sarukian and Gamrot, that's number 11 and number 12. I just want you to picture for a second Connor against those two, okay? And just let that just swirl around your head a little bit. Yeah. I don't think Connor has much to offer MMA anymore. I, I think Connor was great for what he was at 45. You know, what he did with Aldo was in, insane. I mean, he's the a whole run to Aldo. Yeah, that, that was nuts, man. Yeah. I mean, he, you know, the Mystic Mac, it was great. Um, he won the title and he really was just a guy that capitalized on the moment, right? He, he won two titles. Two divisions. Yeah, he so he capitalized on the moment. He took the title from Aldo, he took the title from Alvarez, sure. and then he went and made his money with Floyd. Yes. As we've seen over the past five years, 
MMA is a fast-growing sport. Mm-hmm. It's constantly changing. It's constantly evolving. Sure. Conor McGregor is not going to be able to keep up. Yeah. He's just not. And so with that being said, he's ranked number eight. Look at that top – or the 15 mm-hmm. in, the, in the division – he doesn't fit in anywhere for me. And even with, you know, guys like Poirier, Gaethje, Chandler, who I think are old dogs as well in yeah. their own right, you saw it with the two fights with Poirier, man. I just, it, you can't be inactive in this sport and come back and think you're going to do well. Sure. You can do it with like somebody like Cerrone who doesn't do well in the lights and, you know, has a little bit of a game that you can kind of suit yourself for. But if you want to fight a real martial artist today who's just hungry, young, and grown, it's just not going to happen, man. Conor McGregor needs to he needs to be out of that. I don't know why he's in that division other than it just, I don't know if it's like they make money just having him in the, in the, they probably do like (laughs) that. And it's just really frustrating because the more we talk about wanting to see some new blood, get him out. He's occupying (laughs) a spot. Yeah. Like it's number eight. Like, yeah. So anyway, that's my, that's my take. No, I mean, look, I can't sit here and say everything I've said earlier for the past or for the past two weeks about this division for that matter and not agree with you. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? That would just be extremely hypocritical, but no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting no, for it. No, no. I, I was I, waiting I, for the but it's no, Conor no, McGregor. Look, look, like it's you're you're hundred percent right about everything. And <clears throat> you know, let's also not act like he's coming off of, you know, an injury. Mm-hmm. Which it's not like so he's been out what over about a year now coming up to I think yeah. that fight was in July yep. of last year. So mm-hmm. he's coming up to a year. Um that's a year of not training. Um, you know, believe me, similar injury. I know you can't do much. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we've seen now he's just starting to kick a bag. Um, so that's that's a lot of time to be missing out on. Um, I don't, I don't expect that we'll see him this year, even late this year, I think would be, if he comes back anything earlier than last couple months of the year, I I would have a lot of pause over that because that just does not seem appropriate. Um, I mean, I don't doubt he's in shape and and phenomenal. I mean, look at him. He looks huge. Yeah. He's a specimen for Mm -hmm. sure. Um, but in terms of training at a high level, um, you know, kind of like we talked about Joanna, you can hit pads and, and different things and get your little like rolls in here and there, but you know, you're not, it's different when you're getting ready for a fight. Mm-hmm. So no, I totally agree. And you know, let's not act like you take him out of the rankings. Look at a guy like, uh, Pajeda. I mean, he's about to fight the number four guy in the world. So just because you're not ranked doesn't mean that circumstances can't, uh, grant you a, an opportunity mm-hmm. still. Um, not saying that I want that. You know, I know a lot of people are like, oh, we don't want to see you. You know, fair enough. I mean, I'm not saying that's net, but that's not the reality, whether we agree with it or not. Mm-hmm. He'll always have that opportunity to step in. So I think whether there's a number eight, uh, uh, the letters you are next to his name, it mm-hmm. doesn't matter. It's still, he can come in and pretty much insert himself wherever they want him. So yes, I agree. I think he's occupying a spot that 100% should be taken by... I mean, Demir Imagulov, you know, <laughs> you Gumar Kutadaladze. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and then looking at guys like Gamrot and Saruki and moving those guys up. I mm-hmm. mean, yeah, there, there's just, there's too much in that division, and, and I don't disagree. I, I think you, how do you not watch these last two lightweight fights back-to-back weeks, and he's not removed today when this comes out, when the I, rankings come I, out? I, it's the it's the because he's Batman effect, yeah. right? Like, how, yeah. who, how would Batman do? Well, he's Batman. But, but it's like, just so weird that, like, I feel like I, I want to say, and I could be way off, so if I'm wrong, sorry, but I feel like the media is the one that helps put a vote in for that as well. I don't think it's just the UFC. For the rankings? Yeah. I think media gets votes in that, kind of like they do in college football. I could be way off on that. I, I thought they did, though. So it's like, 
I feel like there's a responsibility on those people outside of the UFC organization to step up and be like, yeah, this doesn't really make sense. It's kind of silly because they obviously, like the UFC obviously uses the rankings as sure. a method of determining for for, so for the most part. Like obviously yeah. with Pajara, it's an example. It's not always the case, but they try to put 11 and 12, right? Yeah. Number one contender. Like those things matter. It's not like it's just random. Right. It's not like pound for pound, right? Sure. That's very subjective, just is what it is. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I would think this... UFC would have a little more say so they should sure. in terms of who's you know placed where yes and that's why you need to give us five star ratings yeah, follow please. us on Instagram because once we get credentialed and we get votes <laughs> he's not in my top 15 no. and I'm a fan but yeah. there's just too many good I, I would be so doing such a disservice to the sport mm. and that I respect a lot of these other fighters what, as well so. what, what's your take on on the just the evolving the the piece in terms of the sport evolving and what Connor has to offer as a fighter. Let's take it's, take the injury out of it if you can. It, it, I, even before the injury, man, like I, I've said it a lot too on here is he he kind of ruined his MMA career with that that whole year long thing with Floyd. I mean, it mm. just it's this we've talked about it, but it just everything's always changing and growing, and you can't just sit on the sidelines for a year and not train in the sport. And you know, and then the truth could be going the. That could be true going the other way as well. An MMA fighter going into boxing. That's why I'm not crazy yeah. about Kamara Usman fighting Canelo or Francis fighting Tyson Fury. There, there's no sense in it. There's no point in it. You just cannot sit on the sidelines of a sport for that long and not be training in that art form. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? It's just you're going to get passed up. Um, I think he's been passed up for sure. Not to say that with the right training and the right amount of time, he could not recapture you know, where he used to be or where he once was in the division. Mm -hmm. He's going to have to re he can't go back to that form. It's not like we want the old Connor back. Cause I'm telling you the old Connor is not good enough for this division. Now, either wow. of these divisions, wow. you know, and so he would have to go back completely, you know, disassemble and reassemble everything. And so that would maybe even new teams and he's, every, you know, yes. He's and I don't, I don't know. I don't think I see that for him. Mm -hmm. So in terms of his competitive status in the organization right now, yeah, I mean, it's definitely not a top 15. Yeah. So, okay. That's how I feel. And I'm a fan. I mean, you That's know. That's why I picked it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and you, I mean, like I said, I don't, I, it is what it is. I can't say everything I said and then defend it because. I need, I need a little soundboard of where you, no. where you said, oh, you're 100% right. I need that. No, no, in, no, 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 no. You'll <laughs> never get that. Let's get to the news. Going on the news. Mm, going on the news. Mm, mm. If you don't like it, Brandon will punch you and give you a bruise. The news. All righty. No John, so I got it this week. All right. Only two things. I, I want to keep it light. I knew we have your facts. And there's just a couple of things I want to get your um, <clears throat> thoughts on, I say. I should say. And the biggest one is this past week, Nate Diaz tweeted that the UFC tweeted to the UFC and told them to release him or give him a fight with anyone in July or August because he quote has bigger shit to do um, and then attached a video of Jake Paul knocking out Tyler Woodley to it, basically implying he wanted the Jake Paul fight. Mm -hmm. Um, Dana responded in an interview the next day, pretty much, and basically said, um, they don't know what they're going to do with Nate and that he probably should go fight Jake Paul. And, um, that's a fight that probably makes sense for Nate, according wow. to Dana, um, to which Nate then replied in a tweet, uh, send the release. Um, so let's start there. What do you make of all this and, and what should the UFC do with Nate who hasn't won a fight since 2019, um, against Anthony Pettis and then has lost his next two straight 
in that interview, you know, well, I'll get to that in a minute, but what do you think about that? What, what should they do with Nate Diaz? Yeah, I'm okay with letting him go, man. I don't, I, Nate's fun to watch. He, he's, he's a legend. I mean, he's always going to have, you know, that, that backing of, of him and his brother and what they've done for the sport. But even in the Conor McGregor thing, man, I think it's time. I think it's good for him to move on. You know, he can make tons of money fighting sure. Jake Paul. I think that fight does make a little bit of sense as somebody who doesn't understand a lot of boxing. Sure. I do think that makes sense. Um, I don't, I mean, who are you going to give him to? You know, are you going to give him Rachmanov? You're going to give him the Wolf? You, who, who, what are you going to give him um, in the UFC? So sure. I think I think that yeah, release him, let him go, have some fun, make some money. So here's what I think. Okay, I think Dana's being a little harsh. Um, in that interview, his direct quote was: "Diaz hasn't won a fight in five to six years. It's only been three years." Um, and to be fair, since that win, his losses have been to Masvidal and Leon Edwards. Mm-hmm. Um, which sure you can make the argument he should be beating a Masvidal, but Leon is top of the division. I mean, he's he's about to fight Usman for the title. You just can't tell me there's not good fights for Nate. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe like a welterweight match uh, against Tony Ferguson, who seems to be on his way to move up. Um, so to me, honestly, this is how I feel. I feel like it seems to me that that's just more of an indictment on how Dana and the UFC view Nate if they really think it's been that long since he's been competitive. Okay, because well, I, I think what it is is he said it's been five to six years since he's won a fight. I think Dana sees it in his head or the UFC is it's been five to six years since we've seen him as competitive or relevant because it hasn't been five to six years since he's won a fight. Well, it's only been so three. Aside from Pettis, what was the last one? McGregor. I'd have to go back and look at it. I think it was Conor. Yeah, probably. Um, that's what I'm saying. Like I understand that it's, it's not been great. But he has one fight. Yeah, but look at Pettis, right? Look how Pettis. Man, is I'm looking. not saying, but I'm telling you, if you can do Jim Miller versus Donald Cowboy Cerrone, who Cowboy hasn't, he's on a seven fight losing. But streak. he shows up and he fights. Nate does too, apparently, when not they sign really. contracts. But we don't know the truth about that either. Fair. And that, and and I'll. I'll just put my hand, throw my hands up there. Is maybe they do, and he does deny him. But I feel like if you could do Jim Miller versus Donald Cerrone at 170, there's fights for Nate Diaz at D- 170. Here's what Diaz is, a, in my opinion, a bigger star than Cerrone. I think yeah. he, I think he's more, you know <laughs> he brings more money to the UFC. So why wouldn't they be throwing him Dude, yes. any in every fight? The BMF rematch. Why not? So that to me is why I lean. Like I really don't think Nate is accepting a lot of the fights, and I can't I prove he, that. I don't. Yeah, we can't. And that and that's where it gets sticky. But I just I can't. I, hey, if he wants to go do the Jake Paul thing, whatever. That's his money. He can do what he wants. That's my thing. Because when you talk about him and Ferguson at seventy, mm-hmm. okay, why are we doing that? Are they going to make a run for I the mean, title? Why are we doing Jim Miller versus Cerrone? You know what I'm saying? Like, because they want to make money, and that's sure. their way of doing and, and it. And if that's what he wants, I don't know. I'm just saying, like, Dana's, to me, the tone of the whole interview was him saying, like, God, we just don't know what to do with the guy, man. Like, yeah. he, But you can't sit and say you don't. You can find somebody. for It's Nate Diaz, man. Like, I would put him on the same level as a Jorge Masvidal in terms of star power mm-hmm. and draw. And come on, man. Where both those guys are in their career, you wouldn't want to see them run it back for the BMF title. I would love to, dude. Come on, like I mean, what I just, do we wait? Like, I don't why? think Diaz signs. I think I really. I the think more I think about it. it, I think the more Diaz just doesn't want to put his name to paper. I think it's, now maybe even too with the Jake Paul thing, he's even more inclined. Just get me out. Like yeah. he just wants to go do well, that. Well, and then we'll move on to the next thing uh, because speaking of Jake Paul, Nate is and the UFC for that matter are a little too late. Too late. I mean, because we now know that Jake will face. Tommy Fury, the younger brother of Tyson Fury, on August 6th in Madison Square Garden. They were originally supposed to fight in Jake's last fight, but Tommy dropped out with an injury a few weeks before the fight, uh, and Woodley stepped in for the rematch to take that punch for old Tommy Fury. (laughs) Um, 
I know you don't know too much about boxing, but yeah. any thoughts on that? Well, I've seen all Jake Paul's fights, but I don't sure. I don't know anything about Tommy Fury. But what I've heard, he's big. He's I've big. He- I've heard that he's not that good. No, he's not that good. Um, and if Jake Paul is able to go in and do what he did with Woodley, who isn't a boxer, but he's still Tyron Woodley, sure. I think it's a good matchup for Paul, right? He, I mean, yeah, I mean Tommy's bigger, doesn't really seem to have as much power. Um, I would say for like he's not as good, but he's about like where he needs to be uh, for. Uh, like a, a boxer of his stat, like where he's at in terms of his career. You know, I think he's like maybe 8-0 or something. Would you say this is a better, like if Jake wins, it's more of one of those like, hey, Jake actually beat a boxer? Yes, that's what this is, okay. 100%. And, and so for that, I think it's good for Jake Paul mm-hmm. because he's fighting a, another pro boxer, a boxer that's only boxed, and they're about in the same place kind of record-wise in their career, it makes sense. Um, so I think this, for Jake, kind of like we talked about, this is a prove-it fight. Like, everybody mm-hmm. says, oh, I can't, I can't be, you can't beat a boxer. You just be old, retired MMA wrestlers. And so this is him, I think, stepping out. Like, okay, not only am I going to beat a boxer, but it's a boxer with a big name because of who his brother is. And obviously his brother's probably the greatest heavyweight, definitely now, if not of all time. So Okay. So Tyson's his brother? Tyson Fury, yeah. Okay. Yep. Will yep. he be there, do you think? Oh, yeah, yeah. They've already gone back and forth. They've uh, Tyson said, bet Jake $100,000 that he would knock, that he'll knock, that Tommy will knock Jake out. Jake countered and was like, $100,000, let us do a million. And so Tyson Fury oh, was like, okay, a million dollars. He said, if you put it in escrow, I'll do it. But he's like, I want to see it in escrow because I don't think you have a million dollars. Who said that, Tyson? Tyson said oh. it to Jake Paul, yeah. So they've already been chirping back and forth. So, yeah, 100%. I like he'll, it. he'll be there. He'll they When they were doing the buildup, the um, promotion for the last one, he was showing up to all the pre-fight stuff. So Mm -hmm. he'll be, and his dad too, they'll be very involved. Okay. Yeah, they always are. So that's it. That's all I wanted to get to in the news. There's a couple fights, nothing like too crazy. So we'll, we'll save it for time. Um, Brandon, you have song of the week. I do. Yes. I totally forgot about that. (laughs) Holy crap. This is what happens when there's two of us. We got a lot of work. Yeah. Thinking on my feet here. Um, I actually had one saved on my phone. Let me pull it up. Well, I'll let you do it with your one for the people. I will get from to my one for the people, and that is, last night, <clears throat> I watched Karate Combat. Um, it's a, um, it, what's his name? Uh, Bas Rutten. Yeah, is that his? Well, him, yeah, I think he's part owner. GSP has something to do with it. Steven Wonderboy Thompson on uh, commentary. But I'm telling you what. If you are from here on out, when people are like, oh, wrestling and MMA, it's so boring. You know, when I tell people about MMA and they're like, oh, I don't want to watch it wrestling, I'm going to say, go watch Karate Combat. It is essentially, I think, in terms of striking, I think it translates better from MMA if you're just like the striking aspect mm-hmm. than even like kickboxing or Muay Thai um, because you can real literally utilize everything they they even do takedowns trips stuff like that wow. uh, yeah I forgot Wait, what's the it's because it's, it's like an you said in big open space yeah like- yeah so yeah um, they actually even do ground and pound. You get five seconds to ground and pound. That's uh, interesting. But yeah, so actually, um, shout out to Dustin Parrish, who uh, I talked to actually last night on Instagram. Uh, Dustin's a professional MMA fighter, and then he uh, is a coach at American Top Team in, in Indianapolis. And he said that he loves it. He said outside of MMA, it's probably his favorite combat league. Um, and so I kind of was picking his brain because I was curious about the arena, the, the ring that they fight in. We were kind of talking about that because I was like, I'm, as I'm watching, I, I can't help but think like, man, this could kind of work for MMA if you did like double the size of what they fight in, like mm-hmm. make it bigger because like, you know, Joe Rogan's always talked about like 
fighters just fighting on a big NFL <laughs> on a field. basketball court or something. Yeah, or a basketball court. But man, if you really open that up, and then I think from like a spectator standpoint, like it's open, you don't have the cage wall. So I was just kind of, I asked him what he thought about like how that would affect like, you know, the cage work and the stuff like if it would change the sport too much and he definitely said there would be deep you know it'd be interesting because from a tactic standpoint you know how you work on the wall and the cage yeah. work and all that would be different look at habib right who like his whole career yeah, was putting, it would change everything mm-hmm. you know and I was, that's why i told him i was like i don't want to change the sport too much of like what makes it good <laughs> um but i just couldn't help but watch but man i'm telling you check out karate combat <clears throat> especially if you're into the striking more uh than wrestling or whatever mm-hmm. and you think it's boring uh because dude that was awesome. It was yeah. really fun to watch. I like thoroughly enjoyed it. What was it on? You said it was just free on YouTube. Oh, okay. You can go back and watch. You go to the Karate Combat their YouTube, and you can go back and watch all the events. I'll go check it out. Yeah. I actually, the only thing I've seen close to that was um, Wonderboy Thompson's matches when he was fighting in yeah. karate. Like I went back and watched. Dude, his, it's like, cool. Yeah. I guess when I like thought about it, I was like, oh man, I feel like it's just gonna be like karate. But like, dude, yeah. no, it's spinning back fists. Yeah, I mean, no, it's, it's not like it's the everything. Not like the eighties movie, right? I used to watch this show called WMAC Masters. Okay. And it was basically karate. It was basically the karate version of WWE. So it was like scripted like there was belts and everything. Uh-huh. But if you go look up WMAC Masters, it looks just the same. Like whoever started Karate Combat had to be a WMAC Masters <laughs> fan. It used to be on WB Saturday morning cartoons. WMAC Masters? Yeah. All right, I'm checking it yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. what's your song, song of the week and one for the people? All right, so song of the week. um, Guys, I'm eclectic, okay, when it comes to music. That means I like all sorts of music. So give it a shot. When you hear this, okay, you're going to be like, what are you talking about? But <laughs> oh this gosh. song, if you've seen, uh, actually, if you've seen um, Moon Knight, this song was featured in that. So um, this okay. one's called A Man Without Love by none other than Engelbert Humperdinck. Okay. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, listen, listen, I don't have uh, much hope based off the name. Oh, yeah. It's a good song. Yeah, listen to the whole song, though. All yeah, right. Dude, fair at enough. Least, at least the chorus. Fair enough. What's your one for the people? One for the people. Um, I competed yesterday. Um, first time I've competed in five years, and boy, it is a <laughs> little bit of a wake-up call. Um, Competing's different, man. No you got matter. your Fuji shirt on. I just noticed. Yeah, it was my, my little takeaway. Nice. I got a shirt for signing up early. You got the T-shirt. Um, yeah, no hardware, guys. I lost all my all my <laughs> matches, every single one. Um, it was... It was um, it was the first time, though, I will say that I've competed and I felt good about what sure. I did because I actually do think I performed okay um, for first time competing at Blue Belt, first time competing in a long time. Um, Blue Belt's different. Um, mm-hmm. You know, guys just don't make the same mistakes that they do at White Belt. You don't you don't get to just – people don't leave their elbows hanging out. They don't leave their legs hanging out when they're switching over to mount, things like that. Um, so just kind of tightening up is going to be big for me and just kind of <clears> – <throat> up in the ante a little bit when I train. Mm-hmm. But um, the biggest takeaway for me was I didn't lose, at least in my opinion, because I was mentally defeating myself. Sure. I just lost because I made some technical errors and there were a couple guys who were just better than me. Yeah. And that's okay because I can always get better. I can always improve um, and, and do my best there. But my biggest battle has always been the mental mm-hmm. side. And I genuinely believe this was the first tournament I had where I was actually like, oh, I felt I was kind of having some fun. I was doing what I what I what I do, and um, I didn't you know I didn't bother me to lose or anything like that. But sure, um, yeah. So all in all, it was actually a pretty good time. Um, so do you think you'll, do you think you'll compete again? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to decide if I want to do it a little sooner rather than later, mm-hmm. um, or what. But I definitely want to compete um, just because I think it's the Conor McGregor thing, right? If you don't do it, you're just mm. not going to be used to it. Um, so the only way to to get better at it is to do a little more often. Um, so yeah, that's what I'll say about that. 
There it is. Well, we appreciate everybody that continues to listen and support. Like we said, please give us a write or write us a review, man. I am done. Yeah, you're you this might was, need to this was a lot. Go to the doctor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Check your blood pressure, maybe. This was a lot, man. That was uh I feel like it was a lot of talking. Yeah. Which is two people. And we had a lot to get to today. Yeah, we had a lot of stuff. Yeah. Pay per view. If you would have seen all the the stuff that I had to do on this soundboard today, there was a lot of moving parts. <laughs> yeah, better you than me. Yeah. Like you were you had a few moments, I would have been all over the place. Oh dude, yeah. It was it was it was a mess, but we got through it. Uh but today, Brandon, we're gonna go out a little bit differently. So uh, uh make sure that you guys come back next Monday. We'll see you then until signing out from Nate's Knee and the Belly Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, here we go again. Welcome back to another episode of Nate's Knee and the Belly Podcast. Introducing first your co-hosts and general background noise, the knee, Brandon, and the belly, John. And now... Introducing your host and star of the show. He's the one guys want to be and girls line up to see. He is the podcasting star boy. Give it up for the Podfather. Hey!